Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Jam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan! Jam! Slam! Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Another week, another pile of great stuff to talk about now that we've injected college basketball fully on into the fold. Some plenty to talk about. And we'll, in fact, spend most of this podcast on college football and college basketball. We'll probably talk at some point about the Lions, maybe how you can have a kicker who can't kick in the NFL. I mean, you can't make a 44-yarder or whatever it was to win that game, to make an extra point that won the game. I mean, I don't even know anymore. You got the Rams, who a couple weeks ago, Ryan and I both touted as probably the best team in the NFC, absolutely gotten crushed the last two weeks um parody kind of reigns lately and it's it's interesting to see as we're getting in the season as injuries take hold how things are shaking out we probably won't spend a lot of time on nfl if at all maybe except for the pick them this week but nfl certainly has some craziness going on we're 10 weeks in got a solid seven weeks to go again nba nhl ongoing that doesn't matter until it comes close to playoffs because they play too many damn games anyway so that's all we're going to say about that Let's just get right to it. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Well, you don't have to wait long uh, for the Lions talk. I- I'm going to start I'm gonna start on those guys. Uh, what the hell are you doing, Dan Campbell? Uh, you've got this quarterback you called Jared Goff that you found basically on the side of the road. This guy it, this guy is the worst quarterback in the NFL, and it's not even close. I, I would literally rather have anybody else be the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, aside from this guy. He can't throw the ball down the field. He is not accurate. He never throws a spiral. He can't move. And he makes dumb decisions. And he played among, hurt the other day. Among other things. Selfishly. He gets hurt against Pittsburgh, and he stays in the game. They keep him in the game for God knows what reason, and he looks terrible. He can't drive the ball down the field to save his life anyways, and then you're trying to do this with him hurt? I mean, that's it's, it's idiocracy. I mean, what? David Blau, yeah, he's not a great, he's not good, but he, I think he's better than Jared Goff. He'd probably give you a better chance to win. He can move a little bit. He's got a decent arm. You saw what he did a couple years ago with the Lions as a backup. He, he made decent hay, and then he got hurt. But, I mean, I don't know why he's playing. Jared Goff, he's terrible. He's so bad. No, he gives us the best chance to win. No, he doesn't. He does not give you the best chance to win. It's proven. In nine games, you're 0-8-1. The Lions had plenty of chances to win that game. The game was basically gifted to them, and they still figure out a way not to win. Ridiculous. I, I don't get it. Um, 
The Lions defense probably played the best it's played in the last five years. DeAndre Swift had a huge game, and Goff screwed it up, and Santoso, or whatever the you-know-what-his-name is, can't make a freaking field goal, and that's his job. I don't know how a guy's kicking like that when he can't make a field goal, but the Lions just continue to disappoint and just, oh, they're just so bad, and I don't see it getting any better here because there's no good free agent quarterbacks in this draft class. The, the pantry is very, very empty when it comes to quarterbacks. The only thing you could hope for is that San Fran is going to have to do something right because they drafted Trey Lance. Maybe they can get Garoppolo. If he can stay healthy, he's a pretty dang good quarterback. Maybe that could be a, a bridge for them. He's not that old. <clears throat> Problem is he gets hurt a lot. But, yeah, <laughs> you could spend a whole podcast on the Lions. Um, yeah, better than that, that's, that, that's, a, that's a train wreck. All right, Sw- <laughs> switching gears but staying in football a little bit. Anybody who knows me knows I've had this beef before. And I used to, in fact, get in trouble for yelling at people for leaving early. But if you pay, I don't care if you're a student or a regular ticket holder or a season ticket holder or whatever. If you pay for a ticket for your school or favorite team's game, why are you leaving early? You you didn't know on Saturday in East Lansing that it was going to be raw and cold with a wind out of the west and kind of snowy, kind of rainy, kind of sleety. I mean, dude, check the weather. I'm absolutely appalled that the student section was down to maybe a couple hundred people at the end of the game for when the team goes over and celebrates with the fight song. And the good thing is, is so was Coach Tuck. Now, he you know, took a little bit of the high road, said, I'm not going to tell you what to do or whatever, but we need you there. It's part of building the culture, the deep end, all that stuff. That requires bodies. Now, for as great as you were student section against Michigan, maybe among the best I've ever seen in Spartan Stadium, you were that bad in the second half against Maryland. Now, those of you who stayed were loud, you were proud, you showed up, you made some noise when we needed it. But I don't understand why you can't look ahead, plan ahead, get some hot chocolate, put on layers, and sit there through the game. Shout out to Chris. He knows what game I'm talking about. Northwestern, one of the years that we sucked in the early 90s when we were there. He and I were the only two students there huddled huddled up in a blanket. Probably like minus 20 wind chill factor. Damn it, we stayed there. You should stay there too. We're 9 and freaking 1 and you're leaving early. And that's not just the students. It's half the people on the east side of the stadium that left early too. Grow a pair, dress warm, show up, or give your tickets to somebody who wants to be there. All right, that podium out of the way, I could rant about that kind of stuff forever because I'm not a fan of of taking off early. I've done it once or twice, I'll admit, in blowout games uh, at a bowl game and one other time. But you you ride or die, you're there thick or thin, especially as a student. The students make a difference. Be there, make a difference. All right, for our personal foul this week, or we could say team up because we're Kind of back in in basketball mode, too, although this is not basketball-related. Ryan, you want to tell us who, and I'll kind of tell you why? Yeah, we've got uh, Mr. Dan Mullen, coach of the Florida Gators. Yeah, the alligator mascot doppelganger himself looks just like the Florida mascot. Now, I get it. Look, right, these are college, quote-unquote, kids. You want to celebrate with them. You want to have some fun. But, dude... 
You let Samford, not Stanford with a T from the Pac-12, Samford from like near the villages in Florida put up 42, or was it 49, one or the other. It was a record. Never given up that many points in the half to anybody. Not Alabama, not LSU, not Georgia. Samford. And you're partying like it's 1999 in the locker room because you won 70 to 52 a week after, oh, by the way, you got ball slapped by the Gamecocks who had a third string division two quarterback going Dan Mullen personal foul and if I was you I'd probably have a couple of boxes in my office because I believe you're going to be asked to pack it up and leave Mm -hmm. all right now we'll go back and we're going to stick with our around the world and we are going to really focus in here we're going to start off with a lot of football stuff we're going to in in between hit a lot of basketball stuff End with a pick em, do our sprint, and we're just going to go. So, on the Big Ten front, big weekend last weekend. Um, Ohio State more than took Bludgeon. care of business against P- Purdue. You know, Purdue put up their points. They put up their yards. <coughs> you know, they they just got smashed early. I mean, ungodly numbers by Ohio State's receivers. It definitely scares me a little bit with the amount of yards Michigan State gives up. It's going to all come down to in that game. Can Michigan State make them score, you know, kick field goals like Michigan had to? Um, don't know, but we'll see. That's that's a little bit later topic. But, you know, Ohio State more than took care of their end of the bargain. Um, you know, in the meantime, when you're talking about the kind of the top three and really the three best teams there, Michigan, you know, tried to lose a game, tried to give it away, ended up holding on or coming back actually and beating Penn State on the road. No easy task. Still think they got a little bit of a benefit of the doubt by having a noon game, to be honest. I think a Penn State or any crowd really is better for a 3.30 or a later game. It's just my personal opinion. Um, you know, Michigan State more than took care of business. You know, Maryland had a couple of shots there to kind of put a little bit of scare into it. But, you know, Flea Flicker U strikes again. They hit their fourth one this season for a long touchdown. Uh, you know, another receiver guy that steps up for uh, Naylor. Michigan State is a little bit dinged up. I'm hoping that they can get better for this week. Um, but really, you know, the, the three best teams held serve. They're all still in the top seven in the CFP this week. And speaking of which, I'm going to cover something there after I, I hand it over to Ryan to talk a little bit. But, um, you know, those three held up there into the bargain. It's Ohio State, Michigan State this weekend. It's Ohio State, Michigan next weekend. And Michigan State, Penn State next weekend. We will know in two weeks, regardless of this dumbass CFP um, committee and their stupid rankings that make absolutely zero sense and is a bunch of circular talk. It won't matter after a couple of weeks because it's going to play out on the field as it should. In fact, I don't even know why that we have to give these people sunshine and why we have to give them FaceTime to talk about their idiocy and their stupidity because that's exactly what it is and it doesn't matter until after the last games are played. That's when it matters. So ESPN spare us all. I've already quit watching you anyway. I only know the rankings because, uh, you know, a couple buddies sent them to me and said where we were compared to others. I wanted to look up a quote that I'll share in a minute, but yeah, Big Ten, you know, at least top three standpoint, all held serve, and it's looking like a wild race down to the finish. Ryan, what do you think about the Big Ten this week? Yeah, the Big Ten, like you said, wild race. I mean, it's a, it's a three-horse race in the, in the East, and and the West has gotten interesting. I mean, you look at Wisconsin playing really well right now. I mean, they figured it out um, defensively for sure, running the ball. 
Um, looking like like the team we thought they would be, maybe not quite as good. Not eleven and one good, but looking True like freshman tearing it up at running. Looking back like a, a nine and three team, which which is a pretty good season. Um, Iowa got a big win against Minnesota with a backup quarterback. Um, virtually probably knocked Minnesota out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean the, the the West is it's is what it is. I mean, it's it's been it's interesting, but it's not as interesting with with no playoff team, but. But Michigan, I'll get back to the East. I mean, Michigan made the plays they had to. Penn State kind of shot themselves in the foot, fumbled on the two. Um, you know, just, just stupid errors like that kind of cost them. And, and Michigan, credit to them. I mean, they, they, they stepped up when they had to and got the win. I, I just, once again, in two weeks. That, oh, but that, did you see this story? Jim Harbaugh's pants were on fire on the sideline on Saturday. That's because effing liar, liar, pants on liar. fire, Jimmy boy. You're still... Two weeks later, you're circling the plays and the time in the video, and you're sharing it with the the guys that are calling the game. Give it up! On, you man. lost to Michigan State. You're going to lose your job if you get your ass beat by Ohio State. Suck it up. Live with it. Deal with it. Your pants are on fire because you're a freaking baby liar. All right, he can't, he can't deal with it. Uh, Ohio State proved they can score. That's that's a scary offense right there. Number one in the nation. A team I want to talk about is Indiana. We we came in. I mean, we we didn't think they would be a ten and two team, a nine and three team. We thought they'd be around seven and five, eight and four, maybe. They are on the way to two and ten um, after one of the best and most successful seasons wow. in the history of their program. They look horrible. I mean, they've had injuries, mm-hmm. but everybody has injuries. Though. Everyone I mean, has injuries. A lot of quarterback. I get it, but, but still, I mean, they look bad when they had those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's weird. It's just. It just proves how how cyclical college football is. One year, I mean, look at Michigan State playoff, one of the best years in history. Three and Next nine. Year three and nine. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy how it works. Um, it, there's no explanation for it sometimes, but it's just the way the ball bounces. It's it's injuries. It's it's luck. But two and ten. That that Tom Allen. I don't know. I, I mean, I think last year the season they had gets him through this year. Um, and, and to keep his job, but if he has a losing season next year, he's probably gone. Um, Penix didn't even look right, you know, against Iowa. You threw no. a couple of pick sixes, and no. I, you know, I don't know if they rushed him back or whatever. They missed Stevie Scott clearly. Yeah, they missed. A they had a good game. wide receiver. Was it Freifogel or is he still? He's there? still there. Yeah, the Fillier's gone. Fillier, I mean, Wap still Fillier was good. They still have good, good receivers, good tight end. I mean, and their backs aren't bad. I mean, Stephen Carr, he's he's not a bad running back at all. I mean, former. Five-star recruit. I, Defense has kind of fallen apart a little yeah. bit lately. You know, they played really well against Michigan State, and then, you know, I don't know how injured they are. But, yeah, they've been a major disappointment. I and mean, they swapped places really kind of in our preseason with Maryland, we thought would be the 2-10 and 10 team. And it's been Indiana instead, and Rutgers just laid a yeah, whipping on them. And I think Rutgers time. is just, what, one game yeah, away, uh, and they've got Penn State and Maryland left. So there's a like decent chance that. At- Get a bowl game. Excuse me, a bowl eligibility coming up, but uh, get between them, Maryland. Um, definitely a good passing attack. Michigan State had a little bit of trouble, kind of adjusted. Definitely better third down defense. It's going to get real this weekend. It's a it's a stand up game. It's it's gut check time. Um, but but Michigan State offensively, I mean, what what different what a difference a year can make. I mean, these guys, it doesn't even look like the same team offensively. They scored the least amount of points they've scored this year is twenty three. And that's against Nebraska when, in the second half, they had 10 yards. Uh, yeah, Nebraska's got a good defense. And Nebraska's yeah. a pretty dang good defense. I mean, they, they did well against Ohio State. Uh, but it's not even – it's so – it's night and day. It really is. And I, I'm really impressed by it. 
Peyton Thorne, another huge game. Um, the one pick was another on the Hail Mary. Four touchdowns, yeah. Um, nice, great tackle on and, the Hail Mary, and he's too. On, and he's on his way. Uh, I've, I've been seeing this on Twitter. He's on his way to maybe becoming, um, throwing the most touchdown passes in a season by a Michigan State quarterback and close to having the most yards in a season by a Michigan State quarterback as a redshirt sophomore. Uh, we've got two more years of him. I don't think I see him leaving early unless he somehow becomes like a Baker Mayfield or something like that this yeah. year. But And I'm sorry, but if you do not put K-9 in New York after three weekends in a row now of 140-plus yards rushing, I think it's the first back in Michigan State history to do that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he leads the nation in rushing. Yeah. He's right up there in touchdowns. He's getting more involved in the pass game. And this all, while teams are cheap-shotting him in the pile, started with what I saw with my own eyes when Michigan was giving him a little you know, neck-twist choke out. And then he came away limping without a shoe against Maryland because they're twisting his leg in the pile. First of all, what kind of bullshit is that? Because you're going to go – that's how you're going to beat teams is by, by hurting their best player. We're, we're sportsmanship. No wonder um, – what's his name, um, Maverick, got thrown out for throwing a punch because he's surrounded by five fat tra- trash-talking terrapins. And he's, you know, he's standing up for his own offense, even though he's on defense for what they're doing to Kenneth Walker. No place for that in college football. That just, if you can't stop a guy straight up, you don't need to hurt him. That's ridiculous. And if I, you know, I hope I wouldn't see it from Ohio State or Penn State, but doesn't surprise me I saw it from Michigan and not from Maryland either because it's one of the poorest coach teams in the Big Ten. But, yeah, I mean, the West is, is shaking out. I think it's it's absolutely Wisconsin's to lose just a couple weeks ago. It was Minnesota's to lose. Iowa's still kind of in the mix. Purdue's, you know, out of it now. Um, you know, it's really kind of a two-horse race. Neither team really bolsters whoever comes out of the East's resume that much. But um, I probably, let's see, looking... Iowa's 17th this week in the CFP shenanigans BS. Wisconsin's 15th. Um, you know, Wisconsin slapped Iowa around, and they're 6-3, and three and they're ranked 15th. Iowa's 8-2, and two and they're 17th. Huh. Funny how that works. Um, Michigan State, just two weeks ago. Comeback or not, comeback is more impressive, I think. Beat Michigan, who still is ranked ahead of them. And before we get into the regular college football, let me just read you this gem. You tell me that you trust the brainchild that's running the CFP, and I use brainchild extremely loosely. Head-to-head is certainly one of the criteria that we use, and one of the things that we evaluated, said Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barta, the committee chairman. In Oregon's case, Oregon has been playing terrific football as of late. I'm going to add this anecdote. Um, Against who? They won the other day against Washington State. Okay. Ohio State is playing some of the best offenses in the country. No question about that. That's true. They had a convincing win against Purdue. No question about that. But when it comes down to these two, the fact that Iowa went to Ohio State and beat them in the horseshoe, mind you, in week two, when Ohio State wasn't quite right, when Stroud was was a little bit dinged up, we're finding out. When the vote came down to it this week, that's the way the vote came out. We put Oregon ahead of Ohio State. Now, however, of course, Michigan remains one spot ahead of rival Michigan State, even though, as I said, Michigan State beat the Wolverines and came back from a 16-point deficit just two weeks ago. Quote, with Michigan and Michigan State, the committee, when we met a week ago, the committee talked about Michigan being a more complete team. 
based on what? They both played Rutgers. They both played Indiana. They both played Northwestern. They've played so much Nebraska. They played all these common opponents. And who's the one most common opponent? Each other. Most complete team. So you're saying it's eyeball test. So you're saying it's dollars in your pocket. Just admit it, Barta. Since then, another game has been played. Michigan State looked good against Maryland. Michigan came from behind and won on the road at Penn State. But apparently coming from behind and winning at home in the fashion Michigan State did doesn't count for anything, huh, Gary? Every week, 13 people recast their votes. And so when the votes were cast this week, that's the way it came out. Michigan ahead of Michigan State and Oregon ahead of Ohio State. This right here is why you can take your rankings and you can shove them so far up you know where. I don't even want to talk about it. I have zero respect for you. I have zero respect for ESPN. Let's just admit it. This is a popularity contest for the SEC, Ohio State, who deserves to be there, I will say, and Michigan, because those are the quote-unquote cash cows. Now, the best thing Michigan State can do is go and beat Ohio State and flip double birds with every single player on that staff, that roster, and as Mel says in the organization, to ESPN while game day is there. Because that would be the one way they can finally shut them up. But yet Ryan reminded me, Michigan's college football playoff chance percentage is actually still higher than Michigan State's, even if Michigan State wins the Big Ten. Riddle me that. You look at the percentage chances today across the ticker, 2% chance for Michigan State ranked number 7. The only team with a lower chance in the top 10 is Wake Forest at less than 1%. Everybody else has double-digit percent chance. Zero respect, Makes sense. tired of it. ESPN, you can take your app, you can take your website, you can take your TV, and you can shove it you know where. All right, college football. All right, I'm going to start with one ditty because it was a great one, and then we'll just banter back and forth a little bit about the week that was in college football, which was another crazy week of upsets. Did you know, prior to Kansas winning at Texas, Saturday night, in overtime, they had never, N-E-V-E-R, never won in Austin. They had beaten Texas three times, ever, ever. And they went to Texas, a perennial power. Uh, We hired our 15th coach in the last three years, miraculously, we're going to be in the mix. Have now lost five games in a row. You just lost to a team that had not won on the road in the Big 12 since 2008. Ryan was nine the last time that happened. <laughs> Embarrassing. Wow. Love it for college football. But if you are a Texas fan, crawl under a rock, turn in your tickets. And go over to the basketball arena and hang out with Matt McConaughey and the Horns, Horns basketball team. Because a big old Horns down, Horns penalty down. flag, tee them up. You may as well quit on the season. Because the last two games you got on your schedule that you got to win to even be bowl eligible, ain't going to happen. Yeah, that Kansas, that I, that's awesome for them. I mean, what a win. Um, just crazy stuff. Sticking the Big 12, Baylor statement went over Oklahoma, knocks the frauds out. Uh, of the playoff discussion. Uh, and Baylor brings himself into the playoff discussion. I mean, it's, it might be Baylor-Oklahoma State for the Big 12, and if, if things shake out, they could they could be playing for a, for a four seed in the playoff, maybe even. I don't know. Um, Wake Forest bounced back against NC State. 
big win. Ole Miss, big win on the against uh, against A&M at home. <laughs> um, played defense, actually, for once. Good for them. Um, yeah. Ole Miss had, what, like 410 yards in the yeah, first half? Score. And had, like, 10 points to show for it. Crazy. Yeah, but college football is just getting it's getting real fun. Um, looking forward to the last two or three weeks here as uh, championship Saturday is, is two Saturdays from this Saturday, which is pretty wild. And like I said, I mean, take rankings are are quote unquote fun because obviously we're talking about them. It's Green's something major. to talk about, but it truly doesn't matter until after the first weekend in December. And if you're going to make a big deal out of it, don't be stupid. Don't be idiots with your rankings. Don't have a standard of head-to-head matters, but yet in some games it doesn't because we just don't like that team quite as much. Be consistent. That's been college football fans' mantra since the BCS and even rankings before that that decided who won national championships. Be consistent. That's what you ask for from the NCAA selection committee for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Be consistent. If you're going to weigh in the eyeball test on certain teams and you want to weigh in eyeball test, okay, fine. To an extent, fine. But the most telling statistic is head-to-head and looking at how you played against the other teams. Period. And you can't convince me otherwise. And you have the credibility of the Terrapins who twisted Kenneth Walker's ankle in the pile. Looking at, speaking of the rankings, let's just whip through the top 10 real quick. You got Georgia 1, Alabama 2. No real argument from me there, although I think maybe Alabama. I mean, that's SEC love. Do they really deserve to be number 2? Don't know. Oregon 3, Ohio State 4. Cincinnati 5 at 10 and 0. They're in good shape to get in there when they're if, when, or if there's a slip-up, especially if Alabama loses a second game. Decent chance maybe Oregon loses a second game. Michigan, six, doesn't deserve to be there. Michigan State, seven, those need to be flipped. Notre Dame, eight, because I'm just waiting for the time when I'm surprised Notre Dame didn't jump Michigan State this week just because, for example. Oklahoma State, nine, don't sleep on them. They're not dead yet in terms of this whole thing at number nine. Wake Forest, 10, they're, they don't have a shot. Baylor, the rest of the teams, Baylor 11, Mississippi 12, they both have two losses. Oklahoma with one loss at 13, they're they're out of it. So, you know, I would say arguably there's eight, nine teams that still are very much in play for this. This year is as good of an example of ever of why there needs to be an eight or a 12-team playoff. It's just the right thing to do. Georgia is head and shoulders above everybody else, but can be taken at some point in time. I mean, Tennessee actually scored points against them. Most points scored against them, I think, all year. Seven, albeit only 17. Um, but you can't convince me that it, amongst those other ones that they can't all beat each other and that the seeding and the ranking would really matter. In fact, out of that group that's played each other, Oregon has already beaten Ohio State and Michigan State's already beaten Michigan and nobody else has played each other. Well, Cincinnati's beaten Notre Dame. So... You know, it, it'll play out in the next couple of weeks. Um, I just wish if they were going to be inconsistent, they would just bag this whole thing. But again, ESPN is all about the money. All right. Moving off of college football, let's go to actually our favorite. You wouldn't know by the passion that we have with some of these topics in football. And let's talk college hoops. We slammed home the rest of the Big Ten updates last week. And then the season started with a bang. Um... We'll cover off the Spartans first. You know, 
looked a little shaky in their opener against Kansas. You know, probably to be expected, not ranked. Kansas number three. Kansas without one of their players who suspended three games for a DUI, um, but looked good and not in surprising fashion. Somebody from another team in the Champions Classic went crazy against Michigan State's Connor Murphy's Law. Um, You know, saw a couple of good things out of Michigan State, saw plenty of bad things, things that fortunately got, you know, corrected against lesser talent, albeit, but still, you know, correctable mistakes when they played Western on Friday. Some of the notes that I took down, and this is going to be a problem, I think, this year at times, especially maybe against good teams, which would be a concern. Too loose with the ball, too many bad turnovers. That was lots of pick-six turnovers in that Kansas game. I feel like, you know, watching two games, Max Christie can get what he wants. His shot's not falling right now, but I think it's just a matter of time before it does. And the good news is he's doing some things that Izzo rated him lower on, like get get rebounds. I think he had six rebounds against Western Michigan. A.J. Hogard looks good. He looks trim. He looks fast. He looks strong. He's not afraid of contact. On the same token, Tyson Walker looked scared, nervous, playing in you know, his hometown, whatever the case may be. Tentative, didn't shoot the ball against Kansas. Played much better against Western and has a really nice-looking jump shot. I think he's still trying to kind of find his way, like what is Izzo okay with, what is he not. So it's good to have a one-two punch. Michigan State definitely is an upgrade at at point guard versus where they were last year. Um, I don't think it's going to lose them games, and I think it could win them some games. And we'll talk about it in a minute, speaking of a point guard who maybe lost his team a game last night. Um, Sure. Uh, Marble, I thought, was super yeah, he, aggressive in the great. Kansas game. Looked, looked really great. good. Looked good even against Western. Um, you know, Bingham, just for the love of God, Marcus, stop shooting threes. First of all, you man. look like a dying, praying man is shooting them. It's an okay-ish looking shot, but go inside. You're dominating. You're seven feet tall now. You've got a seven-something wingspan. you got a nice hook off the crab dribble. It's kind of like Adrian Payne. You're doing a good job on the rim in terms of you know shot blocking. You can rebound. Your hands seem to be a little bit better. Your wind is better. I, I think he was probably one of my more impressive players for Michigan State last week. I still think Hall needs to do a little bit more. I think in the big games, Brown has got to be probably the guy that steps up. He played really nice against Western, but he can't get lost in the shuffle because that's the one thing I think Michigan State – is missing right now, and it's early. Obviously, only game three tomorrow at Butler. They got to have a guy that can be a takeover guy. Like last year, they lacked all these different things, but they could put the ball in Aaron Henry's hands and ride or die with him. And more often than not, he answered the bell, and he did good things, especially down the stretch and kept their NCAA streak alive. Michigan State's got to find that guy. Maybe by the end of the year, it'll be Max Christie. Right now, I think, you know, could it be Gabe Brown? It could be, but he seems to kind of be more comfortable as the second or the third guy. So somebody's going to have to step up. That's going to be the difference between Michigan State being a, a good, 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 good team and a very good team. Like, I don't think win the Big Ten good, but I think definitely compete top four in the Big Ten good if they can find that step-up guy. Um, the team did have some fight, which I liked against Kansas. You know, they got down and they could have just folded it and they didn't. So that's a good thing. That's not a surprise with Izzo. But um, my only last point, and I made this this point in that game, but just the, the officiating in college basketball is so oh, inconsistent. Yeah. It's just, it's laughable. What's a foul in one minute is not in the last minute. What's a foul in the first half is not in the second half. I mean, there was a hack on Walker and then, 
Izzo got teed up for complaining about it, rightfully so, in that game. And that's an, a complete example. I mean, Walker got bodied to the ground, and they called it a clean block, and yet the same exact play had happened just a little bit before that, and Michigan State got whistled for a foul. I don't know how they can fix that. I don't know how they can fix the inconsistencies in officiating. I, I, but it's got somebody's got to do something because it's just it's maddening as a basketball fan to watch a game and watch it change because of the way it's called and the way it's perceived by the zebras. Yeah, completely agree. College basketball, the officiating is we 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 talked about it last year on the podcast is so bad. Um, but yeah, Michigan State looks good. I mean, shaky first game. Looking, looking to improve this week, get a couple wins. Butler's not going to be easy, but very winnable game. Um, definitely impressed with the point guard position. Really like what I've seen so far, um, the one-two punch there. And then you see some scoring pop on the wings from, from Brown and Chris. And I think this team could be a top-five team in the Big Ten. Uh, I think the ceiling's high, I think, and the floor is a lot higher than I thought as well. So I think that's good. I, I, it, it'll be good. They, they work hard. Um, pretty good rebounding team. Um, so that's good. But, yeah, getting around to the rest of the Big Ten, um, Michigan um, 2-0 and uh, playing tonight against Seton Hall. Could be a tough one for them. Um, but they struggle with Buffalo a little bit. Buffalo's picked to win the MAC, but um, didn't do great. I mean, Dickinson had two big, has had two big games, but he should. I mean, he's like 12 feet tall and 300 pounds or whatever the hell he is. Uh, Ohio State, rough first two games. I mean, should have lost to Akron, really. Um when went toe to or went down to the wire with Niagara, then then they blew up Bowling Green last night. But shaky for a team that's supposed to be good. I I don't know. Um, Penn State. Well, we picked them to finish almost last in the Big Ten, and well, I think we know why they lost last night to to UMass by by twenty five points, and that that's not a UMass team that's a perennial powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination. So that's that's not good. Another team we we said would be at the bottom, Nebraska. Well, they're one and two. Uh, they lost tonight to Creighton, decently close game. They also lost to Western Illinois on opening night, which which is great for them. Great look uh, for for Fred Hoiberg's squad there. Minnesota, I think they're undefeated so far. Uh, haven't really played anyone. They look okay. Wisconsin is not good. This is not a stereotypical Wisconsin team. Still got Brad Davis and the cheater. Uh, oh. There's a video of him just at the end of the game. They called a travel on the play, but you can see him wrap his the guy's arm up and drag him with him. Um, and the refs didn't see it, of course. So Teddy Dupay no meets yeah, just Grayson a, Allen meets oh, I can't oh, stand Brad Davidson. Awful. I can't stand the guy. Indiana, decent start. I mean, Eastern well, almost blew a big on, lead. Yeah, came back on them. But I mean, you can tell. I think I think they're going to be better. They're they're a lot better coach than they were uh, with Archie. Uh, Purdue's been dominant tonight. They they beat. Uh, I can't remember who they played tonight, but they won big. Um, Illinois last night, that's what we're going to talk about. I mean, you're a preseason top 10 team. I know Kofi's out, but you got other guys. You're supposed to be good. Marquette is okay at best. Marquette forces 26 turnovers. Corbello had Corbello seven. had seven points. Or I'm sorry, seven turnovers and four for 18 shooting. That's not going to get it done. This guy's supposed to be your lead guard. Three turnovers is a lot. Hole, that's a in four for eighteen shooting. Ooh, wow, that's not Rough. good. That's that's not good, Andre, with your green shoes on. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Illinois will be fine, but that's an issue. Twenty six turnovers. Admission says a turnover problem, but I twenty six. 
Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, lot of turnover. That was a great, if you caught it, it was a great ending. I mean, just like flurries of activity. An example of the <coughs> the refs really kind of swallowing the whistle, which again, I didn't watch enough actually. of it up front. You know, where were they calling it early in the game? But they let them play at the end, which I'm always a proponent of the whole game. Um, and, I mean, there were some fantastic plays. And Marquette still missed free throws. And it took a crazy steal. You know, I said foul, foul. And Ryan's like, no, they're going to trap. And the guy pokes it away from the back and makes kind of an acrobatic lefty, you know, and one. Um, you know, and then they, they get the stop at the end of the game on a, I think it was a bad shot by Curbelo. Um you know, it, it's early, right? Losses in basketball, let's face it, nobody's going to go undefeated ever again. I really don't think. I mean, last year was close, obviously, with Gonzaga. But let's just say nobody in the Big Ten is ever going to go undefeated again like Indiana did in 1976. Um, I think right now things are playing out about like we expected. You know, the good teams are, are playing well. The mediocre teams are kind of finding their footing. The bad teams are playing bad. Um, you know, like Ryan indicated, we got a couple of games going today. Um, you know, so we'll see Rutgers. Rutgers has been kind of squeaking by. I think they were maybe even two. I mean, they won 48 to 35 against Merrimack the other day. They barely beat, yeah. was it Lehigh in their opener? Um, I mean, so like they're a sketchy 3-0. and We'll know a lot more about every one of these teams, especially when they start playing each other. But come February, you're going to know who who's the who's going to rise to the top versus not. Um, you know, looking ahead to this week, you know we're we're getting into the point where you know these kind of these Thanksgiving time tournaments, and there's way too many of them now. It used to be I remember when I was a kid, it was the Alaska shootout that was you know games were on at like 3 a.m. because it was Alaska's like six hour seven hour time difference. And it was the Maui Invitational. Now you got all these different tournaments, which, you know, in some respects is okay because more teams get a chance to play in them. But lots of that stuff coming up. You know, you got some good games. Michigan State Butler should be a good game tomorrow in the Gavit games. You got Indiana St. John's tomorrow. Um, you know, Ohio State's at Xavier, so you get a little in state thing going. That'll be good. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's, I'm trying to just looking ahead. You know, by the time we do the next podcast, you know, Purdue plays North Carolina um, in Connecticut, it looks like. That seems odd. odd yeah, some but, weird tournament. Um, on, on Saturday, and that might be the start of some of these tournaments. Oh, yeah, because they'll play the Tennessee Villanova um, in their second game. But, you know, so you're going to kind of get into some of that, which I think, you know, that'll be fun and it'll tell us a little bit more, you know, like two, three, four games in, you know, two, three, four, five days type of thing see what teams have the depth and, and so on and so forth. So that'll be that'll be kind of fun to keep an eye on. Um, shifting to our fourth spot, college basketball at large. I mean, couple, we had a couple of you know marquee battles last week. If you watched it, it was late, late at night, so we did not see it. It was Friday night, I think, and then we were getting up to go tailgate on on Saturday. But, you know, an, an absolute instant classic, yeah, UCLA, UCLA and Villanova went to overtime. UCLA overcame a... I think seven points, second half deficit. Those are two teams that could definitely be standing in the final four at the end of the year. Um, then on, I believe it was, was that Saturday night, Ryan? Um, Gonzaga and Texas. Timmy with 37 points. Gonzaga just wrecked Ooh. Texas. I, I think Texas will be a good team. But, I mean, Gonzaga, the one thing I'll say is proof that don't put too much stake in things. 
Chet Holmgren had like one point. He's supposed to be the best freshman in college basketball. I mean, I can see he's going to be a good player, but that team is Drew Timmy all the way, and they've got some other nice pieces and parts from last year. But Timmy is just, he can score in a million ways in the post, and they're going to be, nobody in the WCC is going to beat them. So it'll be a matter of, you know. I mean, they've got tough now. I mean, they still have to play Bama. They still have to play UCLA. They still have to play Duke. I mean, Which is good. They're playing tougher teams, you know, so it's not just the softies. But then speaking of Duke, how about Coach K's grandson? And and, And Paulo, yeah. yeah. DUI um, for for Coach K's grandson. Underage. Who's who's, uh, uh, a walk-on on the team. and. With him in the car, um, arrested as well, Paulo Boncaro. Um, Interesting, too. It's He got arrested for aiding and abetting a DUI or a DWI. And what I read into that means, basically, is if you're a passenger in a vehicle where a person gets a DWI, you're considered at fault because maybe you coerced them to drive drunk so yeah, you didn't have to drive yeah. drunk or whatever. Like, it was, it was a pretty interesting thing. Ryan, you said he's playing tonight. Yeah, which is, he played tonight, um, which is complete crap. Um, I don't know Sit why. him until you it's figure Duke, it out, what right? Do you like, expect, what do you expect yeah. out of Duke? I mean, it's the same thing uh, that we always do. But, I mean, college basketball is great. I mean, uh, we talk about Kansas from last week. They look great. I mean, Ochai Abaji looked like a completely different player. Um, they're going to be a tough team. Uh, Villanova, or I'm sorry, Virginia last week lost to Navy. Navy that was fun yeah. to start the year, and they're getting. I, last I checked, they were getting smoked by Houston tonight. Houston had a hard time with who? Ofstra last week. Yeah, I mean, it's just been weird so far. It's been. It's that's why we love college basketball. I mean, it's so so competitive, and it's just so random, especially at the beginning of the year. Just crazy stuff, which is which is why we love it absolutely, but. Yeah, getting back to Timmy, I mean, 37 points. He was 15 for 19 from the field. Absurd numbers. Uh, yeah, he's probably on his way to National Player of the Year. Yeah, I would think so. I'm just looking at the top 20 here. I mean, other teams, Memphis, you know, they got a couple of really good freshmen in, Monty Bates being one of them. They got off to a decent start. Kentucky lost to Duke, I thought looked pretty decent, and then they won uh, their second game, Alabama 2-0. You know, so really most of the teams – in the top 25, all won their games, minus Texas, you know, had the loss to Gonzaga and, and Kentucky losing to Duke. So top 25 teams beating each other. But um, it'll be really fun next week. I mean, it's disappointing that the Maui Invitational is in Vegas and not Maui because that's my favorite one to watch, even when Michigan State's not in it, um, partially because we've been there and been by there so many times. Um, and we know exactly that beach when they show the shots and stuff. But uh, so we'll miss that a little bit, but next week will be fun because you got the battle for Atlanta, Michigan State's in. You got that one, um, you know, which is a big one. You know, there's three, probably four, that are really, really good preseason tournaments the, the to sprinkle in. ESPN invite <laughs> in, in Orlando. That's gonna be a good one. I mean, I don't even I don't even know the names of them anymore. But there's so many good ones. I mean, next week, feast week. Ooh, it's gonna be fun. Good college f- football. Good college basketball. NFL. Yeah, lots of lots of stuff going on. You know, one thing I wanted to, I meant to throw this in the football section. Um, shout out to Chris for sending this to me. And this is I wanted to call this out when we were talking Big Ten, especially Michigan State. So, you know, I was talking about in my open about Michigan State fans leaving the game early, but I thought this quote was equally great from Mel Tucker. He was asked this in his press conference yesterday because he dresses more guys for home games because you can. And he it, he said he's not really a fan of it because it's just it's more distracting and whatever else and whatever. But he said, you know what, 
we try to reward guys and and get them on the sideline and give them a chance, you know, to, to be dressed and be a part of it. And, and he said, and yet we're out there during a TV timeout. I look back and we've got guys on the bench sitting down because they're cold. I said, write their names down. If you're not up, you need to get out of here. Go sit in the locker room or go sit in the stands or go to the deep end. That's why we love Mel Tucker because he tells it like it is. And that's the culture that he expects. And that's why I think Michigan State, and we'll go into pick them with this, has a fighting chance this weekend. Do I think they'll win? We'll find out in a second. Um, maybe, maybe not. But I think they got a fighting chance. Yeah, which brings us to uh, spot number five, pick them. Um, yeah, last week you actually gained ground. You, you got back one. Um, hey, I went I'm only two games six out and now. four and one. We'll call the Lions sealer to tie because, well, they tied. And you went <laughs> seven, three, and one. So you're I'm 104 35 and one. You're 102 37 and one. So you get back to within two games this week. Back at it. Uh, only a couple weeks of this left. So we'll see who brings home the the gold here for bragging rights. But uh, first game Purdue Northwestern. Northwestern's really bad. Boilermakers. Yeah, I, I mean I think you know Purdue obviously got stung last week, but I I think that they'll bounce back. I mean. Uh, they're probably already at requisite wins. Do they have six wins? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, so they do. I think they're easily going to win out, go eight and four, and, and get to a decent bowl game. So good for Purdue. Yeah. Purdue will smoke Northwestern. Rutgers, Penn State. Um, Rutgers, good showing last week, but Penn State has their number. I don't think Rutgers has a chance in this one. Penn that State. Penn State, Penn State's only six and four. I mean, like, yeah, they haven't had a great game. And they're not going to win the last game. I'll predict that right now. So they need to win this just to go to seven and five. And, and maybe that's Franklin's way to go out because people will be kind of grumbling and whatever else, and he'll go take another job. But, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm still gonna go Penn State here. I, I mean, I think I wouldn't surprise me to see Rutgers win, but I'll go with Penn State. Okay. Michigan State, Ohio State game we just talked about. Uh, I'm concerned about Michigan State's pass defense in this one. Uh, I just don't. I, I think Michigan State's offense gives them a, a good chance in this one because. I don't think Ohio State's defense is dynamic by any stretch. I think Michigan State can run the ball on them. They can pass the ball on them. They have the athletes, especially if a guy like Naylor comes back and and Horse comes back. But I, I don't know. I, I If I were to put money on it, I would say Ohio State. Um, I'll, I'll stick with that. I'll say Ohio State in a close one. I think 38-31. Yeah, I well, and, here, and here's the thing. I think too, Ohio State's got too much offensively. And something about that game, you know, Ryan and we talk in the stands about and, you know, watching other games that if it ever came down to, no offense, McMuffin, because you've been there six years and they all, because you've been there six years, you're the all time leading kicker at Michigan State. I didn't have a whole lot of faith that if it came down to it, you could hit a game winner. And now watching you gimping to hit an extra point last week against Maryland and you didn't even kick against Purdue. If this game comes down to the kicking game, it's over. It's over. Uh, not the punting game. I mean, Barringer's like I think he's the leading punter. Like he had a couple sixty yarders last week, and we're not talking like with with forty yards a roll. We're talking like he had a sixty nine yarder that bounced at sixty two and rolled out the last seven. I mean, he he can change the game. So I think that part of special teams can keep Michigan State alive. I've not been all that happy with the the return game, although they had one on a fake reverse on a kickoff that finally did something. This game, as most big games come down to, is going to come down to turnovers. Michigan State, you know, has been about probably, I don't know what their plus minus is this year. It feels like they're right around 50-50. You know, they had two last week, albeit one was a 
uh, on a Hail Mary, but they only gained one. I think it was about the same in the Purdue game. I think we had one less than Michigan in the Michigan game. So, you know, turnovers are about equal. I think in a game like this, first of all, Michigan State cannot turn the ball over, and I think they're going to need to force a few out of Ohio State, and that's doable. Ohio State can feel, fall asleep at the wheel once in a while. I think Michigan State's front four can battle that offensive front a little bit. Well, it'll depend. Does Barrow come back? He had to sit the first half last week, but he didn't play at all. His crouch back, you know, that helps at the linebacker spot. So there's some key questions there injury-wise. I mean, again, Michigan State's a 19.5-point favorite. And look, Vegas, I mean, dog. Generally, Vegas knows what they got going on, right? Like, they, they figure it out. But I will just tell you, Michigan State was about that kind of a dog in 2015 with their second and third string quarterbacks. Now, albeit a much better defense and a reliable kicker, but still went down to Columbus and won. Uh, they were a dog in 13 in the Big Ten Championship game, and they beat, I think, then the number two, number two, two team. Yeah, because that was still, that was still before the CFP. Yep. Um, you know, go back and even 1974, Michigan State was a huge dog at home beat, I think, number one or number two ranked Ohio State. So this is not unprecedented. In 1998, Michigan State had, you know, some players. They had Plexico Burris. They had Julian Peterson. You know, they had some good players. Cedric Irvin, they had some good players on that team. Went down and beat number one Ohio State as a 28-and-a-half point dog. It would not surprise me. I do not expect it. That's a long answer to say that I think Ohio State's going to be able to put up points, but I think Michigan State will too. I think Michigan State covers that 19-and-a-half, but it's going to be... We're going to go 41-31 Ohio State. Yeah. And then Michigan, assuming you can take care of your business against Maryland, you'll then you'll deserve to be in the spot ahead of Michigan State because you'll have a better record. Um, until then, you don't deserve it, so enjoy the fact that you're there unnecessarily. Uh, Illinois, Iowa. Brett Bielema out with COVID-19 mm-hmm. will not coach. Vaccinated yet out with COVID-19. Yeah, I, I don't think Illinois is a chance, Iowa. Iowa's been playing better. I mean, like, <coughs> excuse me, like I said, they're 8-2 and two now. Um, you know, they're fighting for their Big Ten West lives, and they need a little bit of help since they lost to Wisconsin. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Illinois is playing well. I know Illinois could win their last two and get to a bowl game, but I just don't see it happening. No. Michigan, Maryland. Uh, I think Maryland can keep it close with, with the offense that they have, but Michigan's going to pull this one out. Well, and I think the thing is, is um, Smarty Pants with his pants on fire, he can say it all he wants. He's going to still complain about the Michigan State game, and I guarantee you he's going cross-eyed looking at that Ohio State game because he knows that's what's going to keep his job ultimately. It wouldn't surprise me to see Michigan come out flat for a half. Now, between what's his name? Is it Ojibwe or whatever his name Ojabo. is? Ojabo. and Hutchinson. I mean, they, they wrecked Penn State. I don't think Maryland's offensive line is that great. Michigan State hit Tulia a lot last week. Like three intentional groundings, four sacks. Like, they pummeled that guy. And Michigan's front four is going to have their way with, with Maryland, I think. But I do think they're going to fall flat early. It is on the road. I think they're going to look forward, you know, to that big game against Ohio State. But I think in the end, I don't know what the spread is, but I think Michigan probably it's covers like that. 14, maybe. Yeah, I, I could see them covering Nebraska that. versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the highest team in the Big Ten. I, honestly, Badgers. Yeah, you know, it's... Um, it's at Nebraska. It's at Nebraska. No, no, it's at... Um, I thought it was at Nebraska. Nope, it's it's at Wisconsin. Nebraska had a bye week. 
They've got a whole new offensive setup because they fired four of their coaches so Frost could keep his job. Yep. I mean, you one of these weeks you want to say that Nebraska, who has a really does have a good defense, is going to pull off a win. But I don't know. Wisconsin's playing really well right now. Their passing attack is still nothing that strikes fear in you, but their running game is going. They're healthy on defense. I think Wisconsin wins this game. Uh, last Big Ten game, Minnesota-Indiana. Indiana really sucks. Fight. Minnesota's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I can't I can't beg to differ on that one. I mean, maybe maybe Indiana will jump up, but not after the getting shellacked by Rutgers last week. Uh, Bama-Arkansas. Uh, Bama's going to win this game. I think Arkansas, they're a good team. They've gotten better, but they're not anywhere in the same stratosphere as Alabama. I think their defense could keep them you know, hanging in there a little bit, but I agree. I, I think Alabama might have a little bit of look-ahead factor to – Obviously, the Iron Bowl with Auburn, but I think that they take care of business against Arkansas. Well, you know, Bo Nix is out for the season uh, for, for Auburn, so they're probably screwed. Oh, I did not know that. But their backup quarterback, remember, they wanted him to start right. after Penn You're State. Right. So we'll see. Oregon, Utah, uh, at Utah, so it could be dicey for Oregon. I think Oregon wins. I think their defense has proven that they're good. Um, they've got enough weapons. I think Anthony Brown's playing really well at quarterback, and I think they squeak out a win in uh, Salt Lake City. And I gotta catch up. I've got I'm two games back. I gotta catch up. So I'm going with the uh, home upset win by Utah. All right, three three NFL games. Got to do the Lions because we always do Lions Browns. As long as Jared Goff plays quarterback for the Detroit Lions, I will not pick them to win a game. Browns. <laughs> Browns are ten and a half point favorites and got absolutely yeah, destroyed by the Patriots last week, forty five to seven on the road. Cleveland's an overrated, overhyped team that had one good year, and they're kind of falling back to earth. But, yeah, they're better than the Lions. They'll win. This one is, I think this is my favorite game next weekend. Cowboys-Chiefs um, could be a shootout. Uh, Chiefs kind of got their swagger back uh, the other night. Uh, the Cowboys, I don't know, there's something about them. I think Trevon Diggs, he's been playing great. He's got like 10 picks this year. I'm going Cowboys. I think it's going to be a close one, high scoring, but I'm going Dallas, I, even though I don't like them. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a that's a toss up. Pick them for me, just because I need to try to catch up. I'm going to go with Chiefs here too. All right, that's fair. Uh, and then my last one, I think it's Sunday Night Football. Steelers Chargers, two teams that are kind of underachieving um, this year, but Steelers are not good. Um, and especially be Rudolph again. No, I, mean, I don't think Big Ben's good by any stretch. I think he's better than Rudolph. Washed up. Um, Chargers. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Chargers too. I just think I think the Chargers have the weapons. They just can't quite pin it down and put it all together week after week after week. But I think the Chargers win that game. That's all I got. All right, as we always do, let's end with a sprint. And I've got a bunch of sprints for the next couple of weeks because we've got some fun stuff that we can talk about. But for this week, more overrated college football program: Texas or Florida? Oh, Texas. Best early season college hoops tournament. Uh, I, I love the Maui as well. We'll go with that. Too bad it's in Vegas. Better open coaching gig. USC, LSU, now VaTech, or one of the other ones? Uh, I'm going to have to say LSU just due to the pedigree. Um, it's I feel like it's easy to recruit to, to that area because there's such a, a plethora of, of just great talent in the South. and I mean, USC's a good job, but I mean, ever since Pete Carroll's been proven that 
it's really hard. Yeah, they're super dominant runners in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, really, more than anything. So, And sp- number four, better holiday special. It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown or Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't even know if I've seen the Thanksgiving one, so I'll just go with the Halloween one. All right. For me, most overrated college football program, I got to agree. Perennially, it's Texas. I mean, Florida at least has the excuse of the SEC now, although Texas and Oklahoma will too, but I got to go Texas. They've just been a joke forever. Um, and they change coaches like it's, you know, dirty underwear and does them no good. Best early season college hoops tournament. I would say if it's in Maui, the Maui Invitational. But I've grown definitely fond of over the years. I missed the Alaska shootout. But I've grown fond of the um, Battle for the Atlantis, which I think, is that the one Michigan State's playing in? Yes, the Battle for Atlantis. Um, I think there have been some really classic games in that over the years. I think Michigan State fared okay in that a couple years ago. So I'm going to go over that one this year, but generally overall it would be the Maui. Better open coaching gig. I mean, I think you're right, Ryan. I think USC's got you know long-standing history. But I just, I just think where they play near Compton, what, they don't have their own stadium. Well, they kind of do now, the Coliseum, because you know, they don't share it with any football pro teams. But I don't know. There's just too many things stacked up against somebody in L.A. Nobody cares. Everybody wants to showtime it, you know, with the, with the Lakers or the Dodgers or the Kings or the Rams or the Chargers. I, I just don't think college – I think college plays a backseat there, and it's why I think that, honestly um, – wouldn't surprise me to see Chip Kelly maybe scoot up north to Washington. That's another topic for another day. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go LSU. Better holiday special. Both good ones. Any of the Charlie Brown stuff is. But i got to go for the sake of this one and given the season. And we'll go with Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. All right, Ryan, give us a little bit of wrap. Yeah. Uh, follow us <laughs> on social media, specifically on Twitter, at the score 35 uh, keep giving us some stuff um, as, as we kind of get toward the end of college football here. We don't want to just bore you with college basketball. We only do a couple spots on that. So if you, whatever you want to hear, uh, let us know. But uh, yeah, You got a Mount yeah. Rushmore for us. You got another, yeah. you know, yeah, something. Yeah. We do a lot of that in the off season because there's just not as much going on to talk about. Right. Happy to talk more about those things. For sure. Definitely want to uh, echo what Ryan said. Follow us on social media and also throw out a Thank you and mention again to our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. For all of your West Michigan Realty needs, go to teamanders.com. Meantime, with Thanksgiving just around the corner, and as Lucy Van Pelt once said, well, one of the greatest traditions we have is the Thanksgiving Day football game. And the biggest, most important tradition of all is the kicking off of the football.